0: This is Drew here with my little sister, Ashley, and nobody else. Um, <laughs> Derek is absent this week, meditating and hanging did with he get, his did he get dog. Bitten? Yeah. Or, you know, once again, zombified. And uh, what was the movie the last time he got turned into a zombie?
1: Oh, I don't know. Right of the Living the Dead? Yes.
0: Yep. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Derek just can't help being attacked whenever we do a zombie-themed episode. I don't know if this is about zombies. We'll get into that. You are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Ashley, when the heck are we this week?
1: Well, we're in mid-April 1977. The Magnolias are blooming, baseball's in full swing, and we're all looking for new jobs in the emerging tech industry there's this thing called a microprocessor that might just change the world. And most importantly, one of us <clears throat> has a birthday coming up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's, I don't know if we can do the math here. Is this your birthday episode or the next no, one, that you, next that, you one. Might, that you might I miss? Might <laughs> yeah. um, well, everyone deserves a break for their birthday, but I think you should also put this on your list. So Here's a potential birthday idea. It probably costs like a million dollars, but
1: worth it. (laughs) From high technology, the computer store. Introducing Apple
0: II, the easy to operate home computer. Just hook it up to your TV to create dazzling color displays. Or you can balance your checkbook. Kids can teach themselves arithmetic. Or the family can invent their own Pong games. The possibilities are endless. It's called Apple II.
1: The personal computer. See it at High Technology, the computer store. So is that a talking computer talking about computers? <laughs> it was a fake
0: computer, like, yeah, sound, I'm guessing. Oh, okay. But I don't think the computer talks yet. But this is, yeah, this is like one of the first uh, consumer uh, personal computers that's Uh, Affordable is a relative term, but the Apple II is kind of the the stepping stone for us all having, you know, computers in our pockets at this at this point in the future. So, yeah, nineteen seventy (laughs) seven. Yeah, we'll get you too. And uh, it is there is like when you think seventies, we were probably thinking when we went into this uh, semester like early 70s disco stuff, but mm-hmm. like late 70s, whole different uh, vibe technology is changing like crazy and music is changing. And so it's a pretty exciting time and uh, exciting time in cinema as well, as we saw last week with Eraserhead. What is Ooh, showing yeah. uh, at the multiplex this week, Ashley? A, a
1: little bit different. Um, so there's uh, exciting and definitely not like super scary at all new hmm. tech. Uh, we have an oh. added wait, 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 did I hear that? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. um, I'm going to start that over because Derek, okay. Derek edited this piece. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Thanks, Derek. Um, let's see. Speaking of exciting and definitely not super scary at all. New tech. Uh, we have an adaptation of a Dean Koontz novel called demon seed. Mm. It's- okay. It's about the imprisonment and forced impregnation of a woman, uh, by an artificial, artificially intelligent computer fear for her. This is the tagline. Okay. So
0: do you still want that apple too?
1: No, I don't want it at all. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, as incredible as that sounds, it sounds like it'll be playing on TV in weeks. So anything else? Uh anything else playing that we can always see in theaters?
1: Yeah. Well, if we want more horror by okay. emerging directors named David, all oh. right, all right. <laughs> then Rabid might be the ticket. It's David Cronenberg's take on zombies, kinda. <laughs> Yeah. Let me describe what the poster looks yeah. like. Um, it's this girl who's been trapped in a freezer in a bikini. Uh, <laughs> basically is the the poster. And then it says, You can't trust your mother, your best friend, your next door neighbor. One minute they're perfectly normal. The next, rabid and Ooh. bright red. And then it says, Pray, it doesn't happen to you. And they have these like guys in like little like suits beside it. Cool. Hazard suits. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> a disease movie. Fun. Yeah, Yay. just what we need. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well let's uh let's go. I'm ready.
1: Okay. Sounds good. You can't trust your mother. Oh. You oh, can't shoot. trust your best friend. <laughs> you can't trust your neighbor. One minute they're perfectly normal. The next rabid.
0: Oh, okay. You didn't need to say that in the chair. I know. You're not seeing it, but
1: yeah, have to tell me.
0: Rabbit, final image of the film. R- oh, it kind of
1: ruined <laughs> it. <laughs> Whew,
0: okay, well, we um, we just saw Rabbit. Definitely didn't doze off at all in the nope. theaters. Definitely <laughs> uh, on the edge of our seats the whole time. Um, definitely freaked out by some of the, the horror effects and confused by other things i would say ashley what's your immediate fresh out of the theater kind of a stunned silent exit that we witnessed as people were shuffling out um, after afterwards what's what's your immediate impression
1: bit uncomfortable much like last week's razorhead but in a different way sure (laughs) um do you want to talk about (laughs) what how this came to be and i guess like the science behind oh sure that happened
0: uh, I don't even know what you mean by that. But yes, I would love to talk about the, the science behind this this movie.
1: Okay. I was talking about more like the procedure she goes through in order for this to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually, I was super excited at the start of this movie because mm-hmm. it's an experimental medical um, science fiction movie, which we watched Brain Dead. That one was terrible. I don't yeah. know off the top of my head. Uh, I know we did a rank the blank. Total worst. Recall. Yeah. Total Recall is a good example. Um, I love like experimental tech, you know, that some of the shots reminded me a little bit of RoboCop when they're working on um, his character and, and turning him mm-hmm. into the, the Android. Uh, this was, um, why, yeah, why don't you explain <laughs> the opening of the movie and then, you know, like the procedure that happens. Uh,
1: but I want you to explain. Okay. So well, they, go, young... they, they
0: do, a, they actually do explain what's happening medically in it.
1: Okay, I'll try. Okay. Um, all right. So this young couple are on their motorcycles going through the countryside. This guy is with his family, and they stop in like the middle of the road, kind of pulled off the side, but not really. And the motorcycles don't see them, and they hit the car and do some flips. Yep. Um, one of the motorcycles lands on top of the girl, and it catches on fire, and they pull her out of the fire and take her to this plastic surgery place where everyone's going through plastic surgery and doing rehab. And then the head of uh, the head doctor is basically like, we're going to try this new technology out on her to see if it works to help heal her faster. So they take a skin graft from her leg and different parts of her body to cover up the burns and hopes that it'll grow back better and like Mm -hmm. adhere to her skin and she won't reject it. And then I can't, you have to explain the other piece of it.
0: Yes. So a couple things, um, just so we have the logistics, Correct. Like mm-hmm. it was two different. You were talking about two different cars. There's a there's a big van with a family oh, in it yeah. on a road trip that, yeah, just like stops in the middle of the road. And and then, you know, like the movie opens basically with a woman about to get on a motorcycle with her boyfriend. Who, which one of them is driving
1: uh, the boyfriend?
0: Yeah. So it's just one motorcycle and they uh, they crash. You like know, like the whole opening of the movie is like building to this this kind of uh, this accident. And as far as the procedure goes, they the one thing that I think is crucial that they maybe gloss over or they, you know, just it's just like one line of a long explanation of what's going to happen is that the tissue, the procedure allows for the tissue to like regrow as if it could like grow a whole organ, like like the way they grow like ears on on mice or or whatever to regenerate um, stuff. So it's like not only just like covering the burns and the skin, like it could potentially grow back or it could potentially grow into something even, um, uh, evil. It wasn't there before. <laughs> well, yeah, something evil. There's a, there's two things that go horribly wrong. One, uh, she develops the, like a month later after the procedures starting to, you know, set in, she's like, been unconscious this whole time they also like take her skin grafts and they have to send them away to a lab and wait yeah. you know a long time to get them back and they just keep her unconscious this whole time which is probably
1: not um, a best practice they're
0: also not a <laughs> hospital like oh, like an emergency yeah. room hospital that but they kind of explain a way that they can't take her anywhere else in time to to save her mm-hmm. so all of that's going all of that's happening and uh, when she wakes up like the first time she wakes up She's got a, uh, she's really cold and hungry, but she's hungry for blood, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that is a side effect. And the other side effect, why don't you describe that? Because it's not 100% clear at first, but the more we see, the more we realize what's going on in her armpit.
1: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, good explanation. Uh, All right. So her first victim... I mean, she didn't actually kill him, but her first victim. She right, doesn't kill anyone. Yeah, she doesn't kill anyone. We'll get to that later. Um, is this guy who hears her screaming and he's also had just had plastic surgery, so or he's about to, and so he's in the same facility. He hears her screaming when she wakes up for the first time in a month, and he comes in to like take care of her, and make sure she's okay. Of course, she's like topless and you know whatever. Yeah. But um, there's an
0: explanation for that too.
1: Yeah, but he tries to take care of her, and she's like, I just, she's like, I'm so cold, I just need like someone to hug me, and he's like okay sure i'll hug you and then he hugs her and then all of a sudden he starts like bleeding from his side and you're like i don't really know what's happening like i guess she's hugging him so tight like what's going on right it's really confusing at first and then later on you realize that she is an orifice slash kind of like a vagina clitoris in her armpit that yeah sends a spear out and stabs someone and then sucks their blood right
0: it, yeah exactly right <laughs> i mean and and this is where we can uh, give a tiny bit of background on David Cronenberg, who is like uh, I mentioned last week, he is kind of the pioneer, the most famous um, uh, perpetrator body of, of, yeah. of body horror. And body horror is like a broad term to describe when um, something extreme and physical is happening to a character in a movie that mirrors like kind of the emotional journey that they're, they're going through. So one of my favorite movies, ginger snaps uses like turning into a, turning into a werewolf and all the changes that would come along with, uh, with uh, getting your period and, and puberty. um, puberty, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Is like a extreme allegory for turning into a werewolf, like all werewolf movies basically are, 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 no you know like really good examples of body horror so and
1: that one we watched with dad too kurt russell what was that
0: yeah the thing the the thing thing is um is happening like to the characters once they turn into the alien so yeah exactly anything that's like in this movie i don't really know what um physical like i don't know how it maps to her emotional state i mean it's kind of like instead of it being a straight up zombie movie, it makes it feel more like a, uh, a physical ailment because it doesn't follow the same rules as, as zombie movies. But maybe it's just her. Like she is the, she's different than all the people she infects, right?
1: Yeah. She's like the, it's almost like she's like, yeah, she's like the first test. So she just infects everyone. And she stays, like she doesn't get super sick, but she's always has like hung, the hunger for blood. Right, they have it in a different way, and they're more um, zombie-like.
0: Yeah, they're more zombie-like. They foam at the mouth. They yeah have symptoms. They turn like of-
1: green. He looks. Re- yeah, they look- that makeup was really good. They look disgusting. So
0: yes, I mean, I thought the uh, this movie isn't like the the main problem with some of the the horror and the effects. You know, like I thought it was super cool when they did when they showed her armpit, vagina, um, mm-hmm. spear, mouth. that uh that like i just wasn't always clear what was going on like you said like she doesn't bite anybody Mm because she's just like hugging them and then you start seeing like blood soaking the the sheets and in their robes and stuff um and at first
1: i thought it was maybe like her actual vagina or something on her thigh because like she's like wrapped around people and then i was like where is this blood like i just didn't understand yeah i just didn't get it at first and then they showed it i was like oh fuck i was like okay i got it
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's kind of. We'll play a clip of when she um, escapes, or you know, leaves the hospital and runs into this barn and is maybe going to feed on a cow. Um, but there's some like parallels to a movie like Teeth here, where you know she is uh, potentially going to be assaulted, but turns mm-hmm. the tables on the uh, the assaulter. Hello, oh, oh, sweet
1: honey pie. Yeah. What are you drinking? You come in to get out of the cold.
0: Yeah. I got something you can drink off of. That ain't no whiskey neither.
1: <laughs> <Christ>. Honey
0: pie. <laughs> you got blood in your mouth. Yeah. You like me, huh? Eh? <laughs> I can tell you do. <laughs> <laughs> And now for (laughs) even that was super confusing. So they show her like snapping his neck, Mm -hmm. but then they show the like bone, I think coming out of her to stab him with the infectious, you know, like the infectious protuberance that, that, that she has. So yeah, it's a, um, it's weird. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't
0: know. Do you, did you recognize this actress? No. Okay. So she is very famous, um, according to David Kernenberg and other people involved in the movie. She was probably one of the top three most famous adult film actresses in the oh, world at the okay. time. So she does spend a lot of the movie topless. Yep. Um, she wakes oh, up that in that the hospital okay. um, topless. She is... I mean, it's it was... a. Uh, a decision made for commercial reasons, not necessarily to be titillating, but to be like, they needed a name. This is a very low budget movie. They needed a way to get people to the theater. It's a exploitative horror movie anyway. So they're not like, you know, uh, they're not above using unconventional actor and performers in the role. So,
1: and I didn't think she was like bad.
0: Yeah. She has this kind of like, um, uh spiritual i don't want to say spiritual like this kind of like this weird energy where she is like uh connected to a higher power or something she feels like she's like yeah sort of like in a different wavelength the whole movie
1: yeah she's almost like a siren of sorts like a different yeah she like, calls to people or something there's something going on
0: Yeah. And there's definitely a, you know, a sexualized component where like in that case, she was not at all like using her Mm -hmm. um, female form to attract him. She was trying to hide, but um, in other, in a couple other instances, she could use, you know, her looks or her physicality to draw people in. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so there's that. I also wanted to kind of like, um, talk about her well we can talk about her performance and the performance of her boyfriend in this movie so he gets he's kind of responsible for the well he is the one driving the motorcycle so he's not the one that placed a van in the middle of the road (laughs) um but he did crash the, the motorcycle and he wakes up with a concussion and some a shoulder strain but otherwise he's he okay the in
1: the shoulder he has to do like shoulder surgery
0: yeah okay so it's a little serious bit injury but not yeah. anything on the level of her requiring you know experimental skin graphing right. surgery <laughs> so but his performance is so weird and low energy and like i mean i think that's part of what makes this movie uh drag a bit in the middle mm-hmm. is the side characters are just pretty pretty aimless and and yeah energyless and
1: I- when I didn't know if she was ever going to get out of that like plastic surgery, I thought I was like, "Is it all take place here?" Or, like, what's going on? And then she escapes. and is like, okay, this will like pick a little bit, uh, pick yeah. up a little bit. But he, yeah, I mean, he was concerned for her, which is good. He kept checking in, but he just seemed very like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know, how to explain it like a two yeah. out of ten energy.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it was like he was concussed for the whole rest of the movie. I mean, it made sense when he was first coming out of the <laughs> the right. accident, but then he never regained any sort of. Um, He gets really fired up at the very end of the movie um, when she's she's, you know, uh, basically put herself in harm's way. And they do sort of what's what's I guess the interesting journey that this movie is trying to capture is that she has been uh, had this procedure done. I guess she didn't really have to consent to it. I, I mean, I don't I don't know. They like seems like they were just already working on this new tech and yeah. wanted to took an opportunity to use it i mean maybe it was the only way to save her um no but yeah.
1: <laughs> well yeah
0: i mean like that would be the well, most generous way of well, reading they, it but
1: well, before that even happened weren't they talking about this in some way in the room yeah. in his like doctor's office and he's like well i don't know blah, blah and then the accident comes in it's like perfect timing for him to test this new thing out
0: Right. right you're saying that they make the car break down on the highway and, and no no no, and no. no. <laughs> i'm just
1: saying they were like in the like they're like oh we need to like think about this and like it's going to work blah, blah blah and then all of a sudden this accident happens right like really close to them like oh perfect now we have a test subject
0: yeah so actually yeah th- that you bring up a good point they're trying to expand their their um plastic surgery practice to mm-hmm. like franchises or something they're the main doctor seems a little bit more uh, ethical. He says something like, "I don't want to become the McDonald's of plastic surgery," or, yeah. or you know, something Canadian to that effect. <laughs> and they are—you get the sense that his business partners are pushing him to uh, do this sooner. He like rushes out to the the accident site. At first, I was, and then you know, pretty much the whole time before he gets infected. It seems like he's making decisions for the right reasons, not trying to exploit her. But
1: yeah, I didn't think he was like an evil doctor in my mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying to help. But
0: but what's crazy what's weird is that I mean, I don't know at what stage in development this technology was, but I mean, for it to go this horribly wrong on the first (laughs) on the first attempt that we see. I mean, I guess it goes it works in the initial sense. Well, she's alive and they she healed you know as you can see by her topless um torso she healed way better than than they expected so I guess the procedure on a on the surface level worked yeah. exactly as they hoped, but everything else um side effect wise went horribly <laughs> horribly wrong so yeah how do how do you feel like this compares or fits into the zombie movie you know genre does it
1: Mm, it certain parts of it do, um, but overall, I didn't really view this as a zombie movie. More like yeah. uh, she has rabies and she's infecting everyone, and then more like a yeah, more like a viral, some type of infection instead of a zombie.
0: Yeah, I think before Twenty Eight Days Later sort of merged the two types of movies with with you know, uh, zom treating zombies basically like a like a deadly virus outbreak. Mm-hmm. Then they weren't as like there wasn't as much overlap there. I mean, this movie is called Rabid. <laughs> they yeah. talk about the like this is a new strain of rabies. Uh, I mean, that's like just the closest analogy they can come up with on the news. And They never
1: like, mention zombies, right? They didn't say the word zombie.
0: No, but neither yeah. does like Night of the Living well, Dead what, or yeah. you know lots of zombie movies. Just like avoid it as a little wink to that. Yeah, I, guess. I didn't know
1: if they were like intentionally going to say it, but they didn't actually weren't zombies or you know I don't know.
0: Yeah, and they die normally as well. They don't have to be. They are relatively like mindless and and kind of like cognit cognitively challenged. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. Their heads don't have to be severed. Um, this isn't Resident Evil style. Well, actually, it is maybe because that was a that was a virus movie. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but they had to be the, shot in the head. So there's yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, despite all the characters unloading clips after clips after clips of, of bullets and Resident Evil into their torsos and their um, legs, They're like why and are not, they and dying? not learning? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so they they were pretty easy to kill in this. Um, and we get to see the origin of the of the breakout, basically. So you know, it starts in this hospital with her. She attacks. Um, well, let's play one more quick clip because this is. You know, kind of a, we'll get a little more of a sense of her performance in her line de- delivery as she enters a hot tub uh, in her clothes. Oh, no. oh yeah. Uh, well, I think I better be getting out now. I'm getting all wrinkly.
1: Oh, no, not yet. You haven't even told me your name. Judy Glassberg. I've <laughs> oh, oh, no. escalated quickly. Judy! Judy.
0: Kind of wrestling. Yeah. Definitely not sexualized though. No. I mean that's not sarcastic.
1: Whoops.
0: Yeah, so her signature move is kind of a hug. A really um, strong hug. Yeah, and then that, you know, so that the the thing can come out from under her arm. But you don't it's just weird. You don't really ever see it. In this case, she just kind of like slams her underwater. And it's mm-hmm. more like she's drowning her than, than um, feeding, feeding off of her blood. But that is the woman who ends up in the freezer. On the so, freezer. yeah. Yep. Freezer important, poster. important role for her.
1: I was surprised yeah. that there wasn't yeah. any blood in the hot, like the sauna, or any like the. I was kind of like, wait. I was expecting like all this blood to be like around them.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems un- un- unavoidable that it would turn that the the hot tub water would turn red, turn red, but yeah.
1: somehow <laughs> somehow they didn't do that. <laughs>
0: Um yeah and then basically the movie escalates from uh, being contained to the people at the hospital to her leaving and infecting that dude at the barn and then um,
1: and the trucker that she's arrived yep. with
0: yeah she like so what i was getting to and forgot to to, <laughs> to flush out is her boyfriend and her sort of reconnect later in the movie her and the trucker have a pretty um, it doesn't seem like she is trying to to like find her next victim it's yeah. it's really a, it's really a tragic story because she has the procedure against her will or while she's unconscious wakes up uncontrollably this thing is happening to her body that she doesn't understand and she's being sort of driven by it I mean I guess maybe this is where the the emotional commentary comes in it's an uncontrollable desire to need to feed and, and, um, consume other humans, you know, like, like you would in a vampire movie or any kind of monster movie where you get this duality between the good and the bad side. So she's still a pure innocent person until the need to feed starts taking over. Yeah.
1: And I felt bad for the trucker. He was so sweet.
0: Yeah. He gives her this um, delicious looking yeah. steak sandwich, which is but just she, like, a,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good. But then she, I think that does, but that makes her realize she can't actually eat food anymore. She can only eat blood because she gets really sick and then she kills her, or bites him. Yeah. Yeah. She, she tries him.
0: a bite of this gas station steak sandwich and <laughs> has to pull over and, and throw up. And then, yeah, that's kind of like, exactly. That's her last attempt to be normal. She also has a pretty touching relationship with her best friend, um, so yeah, she goes <laughs> she goes to her best friend's apartment and like the she's trying to take care of her. Her best friend's trying to take care of her because she's like she's cold all the time and she's you know um, so just and and she's hungry and starving and having withdrawal symptoms whenever she doesn't feed. Um, but she really wants to avoid <laughs> eating her best friend. And then her boyfriend shows up right after she has finally, uh, fed on her best friend because her best friend Aww. wouldn't let her leave because there's a, uh, outbreak going <laughs> on in the city. So it's not safe. Um, Aww. little do we all know, uh, it's, it's her <laughs> that started it. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's the, that's the tragic part. She doesn't know. Yeah. that it was her that started, she doesn't believe, or even like, it doesn't even occur to her that she could be connected to it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. patient zero. And so, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about like, just, I, I know it's overshadowed by the the horror and stuff, but there is a little bit of a emotional journey going on here. I feel like.
1: Yeah. And I do feel bad. I do feel bad for her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She can't help it. And she didn't sign off on it. Like you said, so like, she's just kind of Yeah, it's a pretty crummy position to be put into.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so kills her best friend, reconnects with her boyfriend. And uh, I'm trying to remember if this is when he realizes it uh, or what exactly. But basically, she pushes him down uh, a staircase and escapes without having uh, fed on him or infected him. But she knocks him unconscious. And I I guess I think he does realize what's going on and he wasn't going to let her leave um mm-hmm. so she is in denial because you know he like has he goes from zero energy all of a sudden to just like full <laughs> freak out which was a little disturbing i'm um, <laughs> like he's mad at her for doing this which didn't seem like an appropriate response yeah. uh but i mean the the right thing for him to do was to try to keep her um contained mm-hmm. uh so she does have to escape and then her plan is to prove that she's not the source of this so she uh, meets this nice this is where she uses her feminine mystique a little bit she meets this like door door guy um, or maybe just a guy hanging out in the lobby um, <laughs> of a building with a door guy and takes him goes back to his apartment takes him to her apartment uh, one of the two and and then i guess like they don't show it but we know that she has infected him and she's waiting for something to happen. She thinks nothing's going to happen because she's still in denial that she has that ability. And she's on the phone with her boyfriend. The person wakes up and just kills her pretty easily. It seems like. Yeah. So she wasn't, (laughs) she didn't really have any sort of uh, super like uh, strength or healing or anything at this point. She was just, Sneak attacking people and <laughs> and maybe like wasn't, and, but yeah, she was still susceptible to the disease like everyone else, I guess. Yeah. Even she though she is. was causing it um, and had different, she had different powers than them, but. Yeah.
1: Died pretty easily.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess she just wasn't infected. That's the thing. Like nobody had tried to infect her. She, uh, she was able to spread it without having it. And then when she got it, she. Uh, died from it so or she just died i mean it's it's not exactly clear i mean what you can go ahead and describe the very end of the movie if you if you want
1: Well, i know the very end yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you can uh i can't really describe it
0: <laughs> well i, I the only thing we're missing the only thing we haven't really covered is that the movie does go from kind of a pretty contained set at the hospital to a couple apartments to a giving train. us a little taste Uh, Yeah, (laughs) a little taste of, like, how far it's spreading outside of the the few characters we've been following. So we do get a sense of scale and pandemic. Um, And there's even, like, a clip that in the present day, in the future, uh, that is, like, people have clipped on YouTube because uh, they're, like, checking rabies vaccine cards as you go into places and, and things like that. So definitely some... Uh, some topicalness with any kind of pandemic movie or you know real life pandemic mm-hmm. that that may occur so that's a that's a little extra layer of disturbingness and we by the end um yeah she shows up in a in in an alleyway just with the trash
1: <laughs> yeah i thought she was gonna like wake up and like feed on someone but that didn't
0: happen. yeah <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually. I mean, did you expect the movie to end where it did? It definitely has a very abrupt.
1: No, and I thought know. so. They the garbage man find her and they throw her with the garbage into the garbage truck, right? Yep. Just like whatever. And I thought I could have sworn she to like reached out like one they go to shut it, she like it out or something happens, but nothing happened and that was it.
0: Well, yeah, and they. I mean, it seems like a pretty definitive mm-hmm. end for her because they they start like the compactor. Yeah.
1: So. I thought she'd be like, <laughs> a, like her eye would open up or something and then it would happen or but yeah that was
0: Yeah. It. Yeah, it's really I mean it, it's is if you're invested at all in her character like uh, her character's emotional state it is a really tragic story mm-hmm. because she it just just happens to her <laughs> and then she creates a you know international global we don't know the, the, how far it reaches but she creates a severe, deadly outbreak and then just basically commits suicide. I mean, or, or, you know, is responsible for her own death because she, she puts herself in a situation once she knows, I mean, whether or not she should be expected to believe it or not and behave any different. I don't know if she could like, uh, source blood to stay alive in Mm -hmm. a healthy, sustainable way um, from volunteers or from hospitals or whatever, <laughs> but she, uh, once she infects the person to see if they, if they turn, that's when she's actually responsible for, for doing yeah. it. Um, I mean, or for, you know, knowing that that could be the outcome. And so she immediately gets punished with death for yeah. <laughs> for that decision and then tossed in a dumpster and then fade to, to credits. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah. yeah,
1: pretty bleak. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a bleak movie and the moments of horror and stuff are memorable to some or like the uh, the sh- the practical effects that they do show, I mm-hmm. think, are memorable. But there's also just a lot of confusing, weird stuff happening as well. So poorly yeah, I mean, like staged.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, did you know that who was who was supposed to play Rose before Marilyn Chambers got the role?
0: No, I don't.
1: So Sissy Spacek is who whoever oh, wanted, right? Yeah, but Ivan Reitman suggested Marilyn because he wanted the sex appeal factor.
0: Huh? Yeah. So yeah. that's producer the and director of Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, that's Star Wars. Um, Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's funny. Yeah. I mean, David Kernenberg. Uh, we've seen him pop up. Uh, the director of this movie. We've seen him pop up as an actor in a bunch of stuff, um, including Jason X, most recently. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, he's got this like blonde, like sort of like David Lynch, but a different a a different distinct gray haired fox look. Uh, Much more of a character actor than David Lynch. David Lynch can occasionally pop up playing a version of himself. But Cronenberg has almost got his always got more acting credits than than directing credits. Um, But, you know, he would go on. This was basically a second movie. I think he had made one movie that had been controversial and gotten some attention. And so he got a little more money, uh, but took many years to make this um, similar story to Eraserhead. Uh, nowhere near, I mean, you you kind of compared it earlier because mm-hmm. we watched them back to back and they both have directors named David. The singularity of the vision of Eraserhead, it, this movie is not going for like high art. <laughs> by any means uh mm-hmm. it's it's much more of playing within like an existing genre an existing kind of story formula but he adds his own spin being the the physical horror so i liked that it shows promise of things mm-hmm. to come and you know he will have some very memorable achievements uh including things like the fly which is just maybe the pinnacle of practical effects and, and body horror turning uh, a beautiful specimen like Jeff Goldblum into a uh <laughs> yeah he
1: was a fox is a fox still <laughs> yeah into a
0: very disturbing um humanoid fly creature <laughs> so yeah uh Cronenberg's just getting just getting warmed up and so are we <laughs> <laughs> 1977 uh it's going to be it's going to be an interesting journey we're kind of like working from uh complete abstract surrealist art to conventional horror to or you know horror with a twist and then um you know the horror of of romance <laughs> and, and and sci-fi and, and everything space. in between yeah in <laughs> space so anything else to say about this movie before we uh we move on
1: uh still wasn't expecting the armpit just gonna still wasn't expecting it to be there but it was a good it was a good shock shocking surprise for the movie
0: i mean that was probably the best part of the movie not just like the one reveal but the originality and and
1: Mm
0: -hmm. disturbingness of something coming out of someone's armpit i was thinking
1: originally when that happened it was gonna be like a teeth scenario yeah but
0: yeah, definitely, definitely some interesting parallels there. But like putting the teeth in the vagina yeah. makes sense. Like having Did she was the- a porn
1: star. I don't know. It could have worked. Yeah. Like having yeah. it like a horror porn.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think I think it gets extra credit for putting it in a weird, unexpected spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's uh that's the first part of our discussion of rabid. We'll wrap up with some uh analysis and response to the movie but first we are going to do our favorite segment of the week it is called rank the blank each week we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites and each week we have a very real very fake very not (laughs) official (laughs) sponsorship and you might recognize this sponsor by its Shortened name and it's um, endorsements by a famous basketball player. I don't know if you can still walk into this establishment, but it was a real uh, it was sweeping the nation back in the late 70s. So here we go.
1: Radio Shack store-wide manager's red tag sale is on now! We've slashed prices 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%! Save on famous Radio Shack Hi-Fi, car stereo, radios, toys, TV oh. games, calculators, walkie-talkies, and CB radios. Look for the big red tag. Save like never before on these and literally hundreds of red tag specials. Hurry into Radio Shack today! Ooh, yes, I've, you better I've, hurry. Yeah, better hurry. <laughs> well, I found a little like uh it was founded in 1921. Ooh. It Radio Shack filed for bankruptcy with, twice between 2015 and 2017 because of Best Buy and Amazon and all that stuff. Um right. the company now op- operates primarily as an online retailer, but there are still over 400 stores owned by independent dealers throughout the country.
0: Okay. Yeah, at around. one point at one point they tried to drop the radio and just become the Shack, which is not great probably yeah a <laughs> uh, pretty uh pathetic last ditch <laughs> effort at rebranding um but yeah it was like a a cultural institution we went
1: there a lot we went I'm there bad. a lot i'm
0: not even sure like what for but they had Batteries? i mean yeah yeah it was ba- i mean before there were best buy and circuit city it was like a it was cool to look at all the electronics and they were just a smaller version of of those stores you know didn't have DVDs and didn't have all the other um, didn't have like an entire department of of TVs and, and whatnot. They had like smaller electronics. And at first, I mean, they were meant to be actual like parts for people that were building computers and building electronics and you could get like individual parts. So well, it also Slashing had my, prices.
1: it also had my favorite robot. I don't know if you remember him, but he was like, I think it was either yellow or I maybe mean, it was different colors. And he was like, a little robot to store your money. And You'd push a button, and his tongue would come out, and it would take your money. And you go, mm.
0: Wow! I mean, I, I kind of wanted it, but I could never Oh, you find didn't have it.
1: it. No, I just remember going to the store and always seeing him. And he was either his hand <laughs> that moved with the money and put it in his mouth, but he'd always go, Yum! and like eat the money to save his Wow, for you. we'll
0: have to find you one of those.
1: I know I've always <laughs> wanted one.
0: Um, I hope you My can get the money back, back is out. Coming up, so, yeah, yeah, we'll trade in that apple too for a money bot. <laughs> Perfect. So, all right. Well, um, this week's topic on Rank the Blank is going to be a little bit of a strange one. I mean, strange in the sense that uh, we got a little bit lazy with it. So... <laughs>
1: <laughs> could have gone with body horror, but you know.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know we did that before. We could have mm-hmm. definitely gone with weirdest place for something to pop out of, you know, different weirdest ideas. Story, yeah. <laughs> but because of Eraserhead last week, and because we're lazy, we are going with favorite David. So, right. this could be um, a character, a actor, a director, a sculpture. You know, a any... friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a friend. Um, sky's the limit. So, Ashley, uh, any examples you want to give before we get into our picks?
1: Yeah, I just quickly wrote these down. So, there's Davy Jones. You know, what's da- who's Davy Jones? Isn't he the pioneer that wore the fox hat?
0: Um, Sure.
1: I think he is. So we have Davy Jones. Um, oh, he's a singer. Shoot. Who's the one that had the... <laughs>
0: Davy Crockett?
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I was thinking
1: of Davy Crockett, but I wrote Davy Jones, also a person. Yep. Uh, an artist. Um, So Davy Jones, Crockett, David Schwimmer from Friends, David and Kaliath. Why not? <laughs> yeah. So those are the only ones I can think of really quickly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Michelangelo's David.
1: Yeah. Yep, Pretty famous.
0: Um, I'm going to pick one for Derek because it will reveal because I don't know if he would have picked this but that's
1: oh I, nice that's I a good think one. that's
0: what he would have picked Um, alright well for the movie obviously we have a director David Cronenberg and actor so he's a slash a multi-faceted performer I love a lot of his movies it's like I mean we're going to get to my unsurprising answer in a second, but <laughs> Super uh, definitely, definitely top two favorite David directors for, for me. <laughs> um, so, and that's like uh, in the top, you know, 10 or so overall, perhaps like he's definitely up there with just going into a movie, knowing that, that he's involved and uh, having a, a lot of confidence. That I'm going to see some stuff that I've never seen before, and I'm going to remember um, the effects from the movie. So, good job, David Cronenberg. You are a David that. <laughs> you did it. It <laughs> made the list. Ashley, what's your David?
1: David Bowie. Oh, yeah. um, well, as you know, I love The Labyrinth. Uh, yep. He's an actor, a singer. He's incredible, um, extremely talented, also multi- multifaceted. Um, I just really love him. So, that's my choice.
0: Yeah. Great choice. Um, I'm going to go with David Lynch, <laughs> my favorite <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> director. Um, and he's not just a director as we talked about last week. He is a visual artist. He's a musician. Yeah. He's kind of, you know, like John Carpenter in a sense who, when he made Halloween had to, uh, well just out of this, out of low budgetness and necessity. And, uh, he, just came up with the most one of the most iconic soundtracks ever, uh, and you know, I, Eraserhead would not have been uh, nearly as immersive and memorable of an experience if Lynch hadn't put so much uh, effort into the sound design and the just meticulous control of every like thing you see and feel on screen. I mean, setting setting a mood without really needing any story <laughs> to yeah. support it uh, is is harder than it sounds so um yeah david lynch is my choice in honor of zombie Derek. maybe we should pick the zombie david um oh yeah all right yeah but i i think i i think he would have picked david Duchovny. uh yeah, that's and a good choice. yeah he's a, a beloved actor star of x-files and Californication. Uh, did you Californication. Ever watch Californication? I did. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Very impressive. So he's, yeah, he's had a long and successful career and just kind of a charismatic, uh, likable performer. So mm-hmm. good choice, Derek. Yeah. Ashley. Derek. Yeah. Uh, where um, do you want to start with ranking these guys? These um,
1: although Derek's choice is great. <laughs> I would put him last. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, you'd put Cronenberg above?
1: Yeah, I would. Okay, cool. Not um, because of this movie, but
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well, sure. And I I know you loved uh Eraserhead last week, but you said you know you're not as big of a fan of all of Lynch's yeah. movies. Well it was so... Billy Mahal and
1: Drive. I don't know why. I just it's fine. And yeah. it was Wild and was Wild at Heart? No. That's different. Yep, that's Lynch. Okay. Wild at Heart was all right. Twin Peaks I really liked. Um and our is probably my favorite. Yeah. Now that I still think about it, it's still my favorite. Um so I put the company last and then I put Cronenberg and then it'd be between me and you. Well,
0: I but- mean, Bowie is a yeah, a cultural icon. I mean, more known for singing than for acting. Although, I mean, a very impressive acting resume as well. Not that mm-hmm. like being known for film gives him an advantage. Right. We um, just mean he's equally, if not more accomplished in a whole nother, uh, a whole nother creative field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's and, I, and uh, I
1: almost wanted to pick I almost want to pick yours only because I'm like still riding on a high from racerhead being so good. But I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, well, I will we say both win
1: and play both of our clubs. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean we Derek's can do whatever, whatever we want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we can do a tie. We haven't had a tie in a little while, and I think that David Lynch probably I, I don't know that he hasn't worked with David Bowie, but it's weird that they didn't cross paths in some kind of creative. Uh, maybe they're both
1: too creative to work together
0: maybe but like yeah a uh, david lynch directed david bowie music video would be awesome david yeah. or david bowie is a performer and oh huh, i'm an idiot uh, twin peaks firewalk with me uh oh. features david bowie as a as a cop and uh, so that's the prequel to the twin peaks show the movie oh, that, that awesome. david lynch made, yeah so, so they can tie definitely a tie i mean that's probably the clip we should be playing but We'll we're play, not. um, we'll play David Bowie's clip first for the first winner, you, and then we'll. You remind me of the babe. babe, babe, babe with the, power. the power. power, power of voodoo. <laughs> <Yes>. You do. They <laughs> remind me of <laughs> <as> the babe.
1: <laughs> Quiet. so great? A Goblin babe. i love the puzzles,
0: like, laughing I saw my baby crying hard as babe could cry <laughs> could my baby's love had gone you
1: can, you can baby no.
0: yeah that's a jam
1: <laughs> It's so good, and then you have some weird lunch thing that you're gonna show, right?
0: Yeah, I forgot <laughs> what I what I picked here, but let's let's you know that. who influenced oh, you. I mean, people look one. at your work and they say Hitchcock. They look at your work and say others.
1: Um, I think, um, yeah, I love Hitchcock, and um, and there's a there's many many people that I love, but
0: um, influences, um, I for me uh, have come from more from places and things I've seen in these in these places, like uh, Philadelphia.
1: Is maybe <laughs> my biggest influence. How so? Uh, I was there at a time when uh, the window was wide open,
0: and uh, what came in uh, when the window is open, uh, things come in. Um, kind of, you're <laughs> unprotected, and uh, <laughs> things hit you uh, very powerfully. So, um, uh, what I saw, I, I've you know carried uh, with me. So, all right. <laughs> very Lynch answered to a question about like you know what directors have inspired you or influenced yeah. you, and he says a wind, an open window when he lived in <laughs> in Philadelphia, which is which also
1: <laughs> a razor head.
0: Well, that's that's basically what I mean. I'm sure that's what he's referring to yeah. because like the the sounds and the the like the wind and rain and, and mm-hmm. constant like berating of noise and elements and while they're laying in their bed and the windows open in a racer head is like just creates this this horrible dread and and crushing uh yeah everything. That's what he's <laughs> so, inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's his influence. Um an mm-hmm. open window. So <laughs> uh that was great. Um glad we could both win. Yay. And- Sorry
1: Derek ultimate loser. <laughs>
0: yeah, Derek uh, could Sorry. get dead last um, <laughs> because he is um, zombified. so
1: how did uh speaking of how did rabbit do in the movie theaters the box office? Um we'll do get well? there. We'll oh, get okay.
0: there. First we have to return oh, to our feature <laughs> presentation. <laughs> Thank you for asking. So, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, box office data for this time period is harder to find than. I mean, we could just go get a paper, <laughs> theoretically, and yeah. look up uh, the look up the box office for the weekend. But they actually weren't. There wasn't as much commercial interest in it, so it wasn't like wide widely reported. Say that. Yeah, but it. Yeah. Well, do you have some some data well, for me?
1: It's one of the highest grossing films in Canada. Canadian films so it's very different but I would say it raised or it grossed over a million dollars which is crazy
0: yeah wow. I mean that doesn't sound like a ton but the uh, I definitely think it was more popular well yeah it was more popular in Cronenberg's in uh home country than in the U.S. and mm-hmm. for the for the modest budget which was you know maybe half a million uh Canadian I'm seeing that at least it doubled that and was able for him to keep making movies and um yeah making it one of the highest grossing canadian films of all time it seems like there should be a higher grossing movie from canada that made more than one million dollars right um, yeah. but maybe it's uh,
1: not that many i don't know i don't know
0: yeah yeah um all right well and I think it, yeah, so it sounds like it was it was definitely a success there. What about the kind of the audience and the critical response to this movie? I'm really curious about that.
1: Um, the audience didn't love it. It was like a 50-50 split. But the critics liked it um, overall, which is interesting. More more on the 75-76% range. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you a couple things they had to say, good okay. and bad. Um, here's an extremely violent, sometimes nauseating picture about a young woman affecting... Affected with rabies, running around Montreal, infecting others. That's like a more negative one. But these are pretty overall, pretty positive. Uh, let's see. Cronenberg casts chambers in a different kind of skin flick and allows her to weaponize her to seductive charms mm. and to penetrate those who would do the same to her, all in the service of an animalistic lust for blood that is insatiable.
0: Yeah. So I think that is the best or the most like generous reading. Of the film is that it's subverting, you know, taking this adult film actress, subverting Mm -hmm. expectations, being sort of this um, empowering, uh, even though she's walking around uh, nude half the movie, like this way for her to regain power over men, especially like the dude in the barn who deserved it. Um, Mm -hmm. Other characters, I don't we don't really get a sense that anyone else in the movie uh, has done anything to deserve this which is no. unfortunate but at yeah. least that one character did if the whole movie had been like I that i thought it
1: was going to at first because i was like well maybe like the first guy was a little bit creepy but not really when no. they hugged her but she was topless but she was like i'm really cold like can you please hug me no he
0: like was avoiding her and he she like, not to. Yeah. Pulled, pulled him in yeah. yeah so um anyway um but i i i think that was there it wasn't like uh, that's not a stretch to say it it just that wasn't the main <laughs> thrust of right. the movie yeah, cool. What else so, we got?
1: Would you consider it a new release or old news?
0: It's a tough one. I mean,
1: yeah, I think the concept is interesting.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the only reason to really like uh, strongly push people to watch this would be in the context of Cronenberg's career overall. Mm-hmm. And I need to watch his first movie, uh, Shivers. Um, I've seen the Brood, and I've seen you know some of the other movies he made around this time, but uh, this one is there's definitely a trajectory you can you can chart from his early career to to later, mm-hmm. and just when he had more resources and able to is it, I mean he gets closer in something like Video Drome to yeah. Lynchian like absolute weird surrealist <laughs> horror. I, I you hate the movie Existenz, right? Haven't we?
1: Yeah, I couldn't get through it.
0: Yeah, I I love that movie, and that's got like this like technology, uh, technological dread meets body horror, flesh mm-hmm. gun component that I think he's he's firing <laughs> on all cylinders <laughs> by that point. That might be like late eighties, early nineties. Um, but regardless, uh, this is this is definitely an interesting marker, and would would be a really cool career. So. I would say new release for that reason. But, you know, it's a pretty low level of recommendation. <laughs> what about you? If you uh, have to I would say old news. One.
1: I'm not going to recommend okay. it to anyone. And I got in the first like 40 minutes it was very sleepy. I'm just like, ugh, like, yeah, it's hard for me to follow and not fall asleep. So. I kind of
0: liked that. I mean, it immediately just like the the look and aesthetic of it has this like mm-hmm. grainy film quality to it. It was nice at first to just be immersed in this kind of like a lo-fi aesthetic but but yeah sleepy is a fair yeah. <laughs> a fair way <laughs> to describe sleepy. it as it goes on
1: um well how late 70s would you consider this on zero to 77 uh we have tropes actors directors producers whatever you want to call it from the 70s late 70s what would you give this movie is she a yeah, famous for- a- is she a famous actress from the 70s Porn star well,
0: yeah. Porn star? in adult films. Yeah.
1: Well, that's um, still, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. So for context, we gave a racer head a zero out of <laughs> 77 last yeah. week because it existed. It's seemingly <laughs> outside of, of time and in place and in its own completely yeah. alternate world and, and timeline. This one, I feel like the zombie genre was, uh, going strong. If we want to put it into that category, Experimental, like, or not experimental, but um, just kind of like horror slasher type um, uh, horror as a genre was starting to gain some momentum post Texas Chainsaw and and some other things happening in the seventies. Before we would go into full like slasher mode in the in the eighties and just like a million horror movies. So mm-hmm. I think that it feels late seventies in that, and it's like kind of low budgetness. Apparently all these actors were really well known um Canadian character actors um not exactly okay. our specialty. Right. Um, <laughs> but we uh maybe if you were watching it at the time period. I'm going to I mean all this is to say probably middle of the road. Um yeah. Not so much like st- uh, in in style or soundtrack or anything um that I can that I can point out. So 37. So yeah, thirty-seven out of seventy-seven. All right, all right. we got some room for growth with our next yeah, couple. The next couple. Um. All right. Well, um, we do have one clip from. Oh, wait, the no, oh, we have. To... Oh, okay. Go, go, go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so this will help answer your question about how popular, uh, Marilyn Chambers was at the time.
1: Mm. There suggested to me that we get Marilyn Chambers. Now, Marilyn Chambers was the most famous porn star of her time. She might be on the pantheon of porn stars. She might be up there with the top three or four. Uh, And because she apparently there was some understanding that she really wanted to try to do a non-porno film she wanted to do a legitimate film of course it tickled me to think that someone thought my film was going to be a legitimate film that was very good <laughs> so um i i so i i the ironic thing is i have still never seen her in her famous porn movies uh, behind the green door i think was the most famous one i've never seen it what i did see was a a very early kind of naive sort of softcore movie that she did and I could see that she would work. Uh, f-
0: so naive, that's kind of the word we were
1: looking for mm-hmm. earlier.
0: Is she's just kind of wandering through, dealing with this new uh, craving <laughs> that she just has this this kind of otherworldly quality to her. Um, but yeah, he uh, it's interesting when, you know, like uh, something, the whole movie hinges on this central performance and he's got Sissy Spacek. Uh, in his in his head and then is like dealt this kind of wild card of you know to get the movie made you probably need to listen to your financiers and he understood that the commercial uh, draw of of putting this very known figure on the poster and in the movie would be um, would get a lot of people to see it and he'd get to keep making movies etc etc so Mm -hmm. interesting compromise to make but uh, I don't think that's Anything negative we've said about the movie, Mm -hmm. I don't think would have changed with a different performer. So
1: no, it might have made less money unless it was Sissy's basic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, that's um, yeah. We've got one more thing before we wrap up. Right.
1: All right. So each week we watch the movie and then we take something from it and put it in our new release gift shop and sell it for a profit. Um, Oh, yeah. The last one we had, we watched Head, and so we had a Pez dispenser with an eraser head and a baby head. That's, that's, that's candy. <laughs> so, what should we take from this movie?
0: Yeah, flashlight. <laughs> Just um, yeah.
1: Um.
0: Stick on, yeah, armpit, uh, uh, mouths. <laughs> it's kind of like the the thing that comes out of her. Well, it doesn't really look like the eraser head, baby. No. Maybe it does look again more like an alien style chest burster almost. What
1: if remember those candy lips? Mm. Something to do with that. Like candy lips that have like a oh the house straw oh, come out of it. And so you can drink through it.
0: Okay. Wax lips. Those are <laughs> disgusting. Um <Yeah. laughs> wax lips with yeah, if something's sticking out. I mean yeah. with like and then they can
1: drink. Yeah, like drink water or blood. They or can drink something. you yeah that's perfect Lip drinkable lips
0: (laughs) yeah that you can get you can get drinked get drunk get
1: get drinked (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: all right well that'll that'll be surely be a a top seller it might
1: sell out it might uh you never know our fans are wild um all right Um, so what are we gonna watch next week yeah next week we've got
0: quite a departure from the first two movies eraser head rabid and now um something light
1: Are you always funny? What is this? An interview? We're supposed to be making love. Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, Tony Roberts, Carol Kane, Paul Simon, Shelley Duvall, Janet Margolin, Colleen Dewhurst,
0: Christopher Walken in the yes. new Woody Allen wow. film, Annie Hall.
1: That was so nice. You were great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the most fun I've ever had without laughing. Annie Hall, <laughs> a nervous <laughs> romance, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. All a nervous romance. That's cute. Yeah, yeah, I
0: do love that tagline. Mm-hmm. This is going to be really difficult to talk about because, uh, well, you won't be here for it, yeah. fortunately for you, but Woody <laughs> Allen's um, problematic nature um, that has come to light and just the awkwardness of like how much he puts himself literally into his movies, which makes it pretty hard to separate the artist from yeah. <laughs> the art when they are the main performer. So there's that. Uh, there's a tiny, tiny chance we'll audible to something else um, since you're not since you're not here, and um, Zombie Derek and myself <laughs> might not be equipped to talk about some of the more the female perspective on this, but we'll figure that out. Um, if you want to find out um, our thoughts on that or all the other super exciting movies we have coming out this semester and beyond, you should subscribe to the podcast by searching New Release. In Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts, Ashley,
1: that's an armpit. Woo!
0: <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, I woo! I, I didn't make any. I didn't get any music. So let's find something real quick. There was some cool. There was actually some cool soundtrack in this mm-hmm. in this movie. I feel like at the end it turned up a Cynthia a number at the end credits, but. Yeah, this is good.
1: Yeah, this is pretty nice.
0: Very dreamy and... Yeah. Sleepy.
1: Sleepy, sleepy. Sleepy, yeah.